Hey everybody, this is Dr. Zom. I'm closing my drawer. And um, of course, when it rains, it pours. The other day I was going to uh, record a podcast and uh, everything worked fine. And then tonight when I was finally uh, motivated enough and felt like it uh, to come in here and record one, um, the goddamn microphone wouldn't work on my headset. And uh, so I usually use the headset and it sounds pretty good, but I'm going to go with the old uh, boom mic and um, let's see and try and see how this goes. And we're going to look at some, um, I don't have anything prepared, as usual. I'm going to um, look at some of the uh, stuff going on on Silver and Gold, uh, Gentleman's Guide, things like that. And uh, some other stuff, Reddit, Twitter, and see if we can come up with some things to talk about. I have some kind of blueberry um, something, nice and cool. In my uh, tumbler thingy, my yatai, yatai, and um, it's pretty good. It's one of those things within the little squirt bottle that you mix with water. Um, it has no calor, or I don't know if it. I think it has no calories, and it has no carbs. And so Doctor Zom is trying to shed the winter bear uh, coat and um, trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, since uh, just kind of settling down and doing nothing for about a year. Um, well, there for a while I was, you know, working out every day and doing this and that, but having the occasional back problem. And, um, you know, the girth. I think I was gamma irradiated for a little bit because I did. I shouldn't even say that because I really am about the same as what I always was. I just want to be get, get down further. I went, I went to the doctor, uh, let's see, was it last week? Week before, yeah, last week. And so, you know, I got checked out and everything checked out fine. The heart, the blood pressure, everything was good. But I do want to lose a little bit. And, um, you know, uh, I have been uh, helping out my, uh, some of you might know, um, you know, I've told, but some of you don't know. Um my dad had heart surgery. Um, it's been about three weeks now. And um, he went in, he had to have three stents put in. And um, like, I think two days before that, uh, my mom went for her daily walk. And when she was coming back, she got right out in front of the house. And she said her legs just felt like rubber. And the next thing you know, she was on the ground. Um, she broke her shoulder and, um, she landed on the concrete, you know, on her face and, you know, was pretty banged up, no broken facial bones or anything. And they tested her, um, for any kind of like brain trauma, which they always are going to do because you never know, you got a concussion or something like that, or, you know, even a cracked skull or whatever. Um, she's doing okay. Um, I went out, um, for a few days, uh, the week before last. And then this past week was there for like three days. Um, just trying to help out, uh, since my dad had that surgery, uh, he hasn't been feeling well. I mean, and, uh, we were trying to figure out what was going on because, um, you know, usually if you have 
three different blockages and they open them up, you'd be feeling a lot better. Well, he's been feeling like crap, uh, has no energy whatsoever, sleeping all the time. And he said he's got like a headache just about every day. And um, his head feels cloudy. Also, so I took him to the doctor for a scheduled appointment um, this past week, or well, this week on Monday. And um, the first thing, you know, the nurse takes you in and, um, you know, they check your blood pressure and everything. And his blood pressure was like 104 over 33. And that top number is okay, uh, but the bottom number is extremely low, and that's bad. Um, and his blood sugar has been like real low, dipping down to like 50 something. Um, so what the doctor was thinking was that, um, since he was on all this medication, then they put the stents in, they added a, uh, a couple of things, but some of the other stuff was the same dosage as what he was taking when he had like blockage in three arteries. So they're, um, you know, walking some of those back. So the guy, the doctor said that, you know, in a couple weeks, um, he should be feeling better. So anyway, I've been dealing with that. Uh, my sisters and I have been kind of tag teaming the situation. My mom's feeling better um, as far as being able to get up and, you know, get around and everything. She's still in a sling. Um, they want to um, wait until she goes to back to the doctor to have them check her shoulder again to before they start physical therapy. She's doing a little bit of stuff at home uh, as far as like uh, uh, some little exercises and she can get up and go, you know, uh, my dad and I and my sisters and everything, you know, if we're there, we're making, making them both food and everything, but they are, they're right now able to, uh, you know, kind of be by themselves uh, so that's what, you know, things have been kind of crappy, um, you know, a little bit worried. Um, and um, so I just thought I was in there. I've been reading. See, um, one thing, I have been reading a lot of comics um, in the last couple of days. So I kind of want to cover some of that stuff, too. I know Sylvan Gold's more of a movie group. Some of these um, actually uh, can be movie-related, and I'm not going to go into too much detail or anything like that, but it's what I've been doing, uh, plus some of the other stuff I've been watching beside movies, and i got a lot of stuff on here because I haven't recorded in a while. So we can go back and see how much I can remember. And then again, participating on some of the Gentleman's Guide stuff and um, on um, Sylvan Gold, there's some other things that, you know, we can look at and see if we can get a, get a show out of it. But just to some of the movies or um, some of the um, comic stuff, uh, I just, for some reason, I don't know why the mood hit me. I found some resources online where I can, um, you know, read some comics online uh, for free, which is always good. Um, hang on one second. I'm going to try some of this blueberry stuff. Gonna shake it up, 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 shake it up. It's nice and cold. I I have lately. Um, I get some of that stuff, and you just put two little squirts in. And I got a watermelon one too, which was good. Uh, and I put um, you know, my water, my filtered water, in the blender, and then 
add a couple little um, squirts of that, and then put some ice in there and just blend it up. I don't like a, like a slushy because I don't like when you have a big chunk ball of like snowball in there, but I blend it up to where it's just water, but it's super cold. And I like that because there for the longest time, I would not put ice in anything. I mean, maybe if I went through a drive-thru or something that had ice in it, but I was just content if it was just cold. But then, I was using the blender quite a bit. I found some kind of, um, I don't know if it's a protein powder, but it's something like that that gives supposedly gives you your stuff. It was in the uh, diabetic aisle at Walmart. Um, I'm not diabetic, but I just thought, you know what? I'll get this and um, maybe drink it in place of a meal. Uh, I usually eat really healthy. Like everybody knows, I eat sardines and uh, um, spinach and uh, carrots, raw carrots, raw spinach, raw vegetables. Um, but still, I am like a a gorilla or something, you know, a silverback gorilla eats all, and pandas and stuff, and a cow, they eat like uh, a lot of vegetables, and I don't eat a lot of fruit, um, because uh, there's one kind of apple that I like, which is this yellow delicious apple, and they're not real big, so, you know, I can eat like the whole thing, they're crispy, and they taste really good, but then they only have them every once in a while, and I got some of these red delicious apples and they're a little too big. Um, so I would end up not uh, only eating like half of it or, um, uh, maybe three quarters, but there were, they were firm on the outside, but they were like, uh, kind of mushy on the inside, not bruised, just not crisp. And I ended up, I put them in the freezer cause I thought, well, maybe I'll, um, use these and put them in like some kind of a drink in the blender and blend them up, but then they sat in there for so long, and they were, you know, of course, they're frozen solid. We have, like, a herd of deer around here. Uh, I just, I saw um, they were cutting, um, the mowing the uh, baseball field, the little league baseball field, right at the end of my alley uh, today, and I took Mary for a walk, and when they were mowing, like, 20 white-tailed deer, it's like a herd, uh, came from down out of the woods. There's like a pine tree thicket uh, right up above the uh, baseball field, and they came out. And I love watching them and seeing Mary. I wish we had like a herd that was like fucking a hundred or more. We we probably do. There's a lot of them, and uh, I don't think as many people hunt as what they used to. Plus, we're pretty close. To, I mean, we're rural. It's a little country town, and I guess you can kind of go up in the woods up on the hill. But uh, <laughs> but um, uh, I don't think as many people are hunting, and also uh, people feed them down here. So we're getting a pretty good size herd. I was thinking about that the other day. I always thought that when, like in the Old West, because I would read a lot about the Old West, and um, I'm switch. I'm, I'm uh, switching or ch- changing my position here. Um, and I always thought, you know, when you would see those massive mounds of buffalo bones like say in the movie Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner and they're going out shooting these buffalo like willy-nilly uh and just you know killing them as fast as they can um and then they would skin them I think they were they would sell the hides to I guess like leather places or something like that I know they used to do that with beavers for 
the hats the trappers would uh, like in um uh, Jeremiah Johnson and the Mountain Man with Charlton Heston and Brian Keith, uh, they would set those traps and put the smelly stuff around there that would lure them, and then they would um, sell the beaver pelts for hats back east. And I assumed that, you know, okay, they said that, okay, we have to kill these buffalo so we can feed um, the the railroad workers who were building the railroad that was going out west. And you had the one on the west coast, the one on the east coast. And uh, I think the uh, west coast was like the Chinese ones and uh, the uh, one coming from the east coast. And I may be wrong. They may be some Chinese people there too. But like the Irish or whatever. You see that in that um, um, movie or that TV show on AMC, Hell on Wheels with Anson Mount. Um, and, um, I really like him. He was in the movie I watched, uh, well, I was going to say recently, but it was probably a few months ago, which was, uh, MK ultra with Jason Patrick. Uh, it was a good movie, but, um, like I was telling El Goro online, uh, it's, it's pretty disturbing. Uh, it's well worth a watch. It's good, but it's got some disturbing stuff in it. I want to bring up my IMDB here so I can bring up some of these movies. I'm surprised that I remembered their names. Uh, just off the top of my head. Um, so anyway, um, what I was going to say about the Buffalo was I was uh, listening on the um, Ralph Nader uh, radio hour that they had somebody on there that was discussing like uh, the First Nations and Native Native Americans, First Nations uh, of North America. And um, they were saying that the killing of the buffalo, of course, like I said, they were using them to feed the uh, people on the railroad, working on the railroad and stuff, but one of the biggest things was it was like uh, part of the genocide that we were waging against the First Nations or uh, Native Americans, Native North Americans, and uh, because that was a huge food source. And so they were killing all these buffalo, you know, pretty much just to wipe them out uh, because that was a huge uh, food source for um, those people, which is, when I was listening to that, it makes sense from a conqueror's point of view, if you're a fucking piece of shit. It doesn't make sense at all to me, because I, number one, I love animals. Number two, if they would have, you know, it, it was just like this crazy European conquering uh, colonization thing, uh, almost like scorched earth. And then once they finally defeated all the uh, First Nations of North America uh, in, in the United States, they, you know, take them and, and haul them away to, you know, the swamp land in like Florida or, you know, this really uninhabitable shitty land. And, all, and of course, you see in all the movies, you know, where they say like every treaty that we ever made with them, we broke and everything else. And it's the truth. But when you go back and look at it, I mean, it's the, the, the colonization and um, uh, killing and, like I said, scorched earth and all that genocide. Um, that it's, it's funny because, um, you know, my God, look at what we did in Vietnam and, you know, look what's going on in some of these other countries like Sudan, Somalia, uh, you know, in Ukraine now, um, Iraq, Afghanistan, uh, what we did in South America. Um, 
people don't want to hear it, but there are times where, you know, when they say chickens coming home to roost, um, you know, unless you punish these people that are doing this stuff, it's kind of hard to justify uh, going into other nations uh, to quote unquote help, usually a nation that has some kind of resource that we uh, could uh, uh, profit off of, but someplace like Myanmar that uh, like Ukraine is be, has been you know invaded, taken over. There's a military, um, you know, the military's in control and everything for a long, long time, and we don't do shit. And they're they massacred people over there, you know, same way. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get too much into the politics. But again, like I said, taking it back to um, um, movies, like I said, you see so much of that in the old West movies that we, you know, are have been brought up on. And then, of course, a lot of the uh, like the the movie The Killing Fields uh, with Sam Watterson uh, and um, I mean, there's a lot of movies. Uh, Hotel Rwanda, um, The um, Last King of Scotland about Idi Amin, about these fuckers that uh, take over their country. Um, you know, the Costa uh, uh, Gravis, um, Garvis <laughs> uh, movies about uh, like Z and um, some of the ones that he made about um, our, the United States is. Um, um, involvement in South America. Um, it's pretty disgusting. Um, there's a lot of movies about that. The one with uh, Jack Lemmon and Sissy Spacek. Let's see, what was that one called? It was it was a true story. A guy, um, I think a journalist, American journalist, was in, missing, uh, was in um, South America covering... Uh, like the military junta and uh, the taking... I can't remember what... I think that might have been Nicaragua or maybe El Salvador. I can't remember. But um, he went down there and um, was reporting on all the stuff that was going on, and um, he got on the bad side of some very... Um, uh, powerful people in the military down there and who ruled everything. You know, it was a fascist dictatorship. Uh, and uh, he disappeared. And Jack Lemon and Sissy, Sissy, uh, went down to find, it was Sissy Spacek's husband, the, her character's husband, and Jack Lemon was the character's um, father. So let me span, hey, let me span down here. I like Sissy, Sissy. Let's talk about sissy spicy. Do I don't want no, I don't want no big house. Oh, coal miner's daughter. Well, I was born a coal miner's daughter. That was a good movie. Tommy Lee Jones was really good in that. And you had Levon Helm was in that too. Okay, the first movie she was in was Prime Cut, which I love. That's the one with um, uh, Lee Marvin and um, Gene Hackman, and that was uh, directed by Michael Ritchie and written by Robert Dillon, uh, and Sissy was, I mean, God, she was so young in that, but she was so pretty in that, and uh, it was really a quirky, strange movie. Uh, you had some grab-ass wrestling 
between the two brothers, which were Gene Hackman, Mary Ann, and Weenie. And Weenie was Gregory Walcott, and he was in some Clint Eastwood movies too and would get his ass usually pounded by Clint. I mean, not like, I mean, he would get beat up by Clint. I don't know if Clint was pounding his ass or not. Um, let's see. <laughs> Clarabelle was Angel Tompkins. What else was she in? She was hot. I think she was a hottie, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Oh, she was in the, was she the one that was in Walking Tall Part 2 that I always thought was hot? Hmm? Let's see. Tell me, tell me, tell me who I am. Won't you please tell me how I look? You look so good. Fantastic man. That was our first musical interlude. Okay, yeah, she was in The Farmer, which has uh, finally resurfaced after uh, years and years and years of sitting on the shelf. Uh, she was in Walking Tall Part 2, and that's where I think I knew her most from when she was trying to seduce uh, Bo Svensson's uh, Buford Pusser. Uh, that, was, uh, that was an old favorite from when I was a kid because I loved the Walking Tall movies, uh, especially the one with Joe Don Baker and the second one. third one was pretty good, but, of course, it was sad. I mean, they were all sad because of all the shit that happened to her. She was in a lot of stuff. She goes all the way back to 1963 with General Hospital, Wild Wild West, which was always a good show, one of my favorites when I was a little kid. Uh, of course, you know a lot of people probably know the Will Smith remake, uh, which I never saw because I thought it was looked like a piece of shit. Um, Robert Conrad and Ross Martin was um, Artemis Gordon and Jim West. I loved that show, and I was a huge fan of Robert Conrad. I liked that show. I liked uh, Baba Black Sheep. I liked him in um, uh, Murph the Surf with Don Stroud, which was a true story. And I believe that one of my classmates' mother was married to Jack Murphy, a.k.a. Murph the Surf, that Don Stroud played. Red West was also on... Uh, well, these are just people. Since it was a series, there's a lot probably... My mom and I were talking about this. There, when you watch some of these old shows, you see so many people that, you know, became something, you know, uh, like Charles Bronson was on Big Valley. Joe Don Baker was on there. A lot of people on Bonanza and Gunsmoke, Nick Nolte, uh, and uh, John Voight. And um, just every time you turn around, Burt Reynolds was on Gunsmoke uh, the first few years. Uh, he was Quint, the um, um, blacksmith in town. And he was only, we looked it up, he was only in his 20s. He was really young. Uh, I was trying to decipher if he had a hairpiece even at that time, but I don't, I don't think he did. But like uh, James Arness, I think, was like six foot seven. So he made Bert look tiny. But Bert was the one that um, he was a, a derogatory term. He was a breed, a half breed. So there were like racist people that would come into town that would, or that lived around there that would treat him like shit because he was a breed, but he was good looking. So like their daughters and stuff would be like, ooh, Quint, you know, they get all excited between the crotch. <laughs> ben Johnson was on a couple of the shows because, like I said, when I'm staying with my mom and dad, they like watching like that uh, Me TV and, um, I can't remember what that other channel is, um, but it has like all the old westerns. Gunsmoke. I watched um, Cheyenne with Clint Walker. 
um, uh, Rawhide with Clint Eastwood, Rowdy Yates. Uh, but Ben Johnson was on a couple of those, and of course he was in um, oh um, the what the fuck's the one about the goddamn drive-in in Texas uh, that was really good. Peter Bogdanovich, Ben he got the uh, Academy Award for it. John Son he played uh, uh, Joe the Lion, wasn't it? Do you want to accept these cookies? I reject cookies. Fuck you. Fuck you, actor. Um, tell me, tell me, tell me who I am. How about Harry Carey Jr., Warren Oates, Jack Palance, Van Heflin, and Alan Ladd? That's like one of those deals where it says, if you like Ben Johnson, look up these people. Um, I was having a little uh, convo with uh, some car people on Facebook um, the other day. Um, they have an American graffiti group. It's about the cars of American Graffiti, and then you can post stuff about American Graffiti. And one of the guys uh, posted a picture of the um, the uh, yellow car that uh, what's his name and Mackenzie Phillips drove around in. And of course, my comment was uh, kind of a cross between pish yellow and puke green, as um, Harrison Ford's Bob Falfa who was in the 55, black 55 Chevy, which was a car that I always wanted to have a mint one of. Um, let's see. Ben, the two of us may look no more. And that's one thing we were talking about on uh, when we were watching those shows is that Ben Johnson was like the real deal when it came to being a cowboy. He wasn't just a Hollywood cowboy. He was like a guy that rodeoed and worked cattle and horses and all that shit. That that then there that there, um, last picture show, <laughs> the the drive in in Texas, but then they I was thinking of the um, the sequel to um, last picture show, which had Jeff Bridges, and then when they got older, that was called Texasville. Yeah, it was pretty good, but um, you know they brought back um, Sybil Shepherd. Cloris Leachman, Timothy Bottoms was in it. Uh, his part was smaller because uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't want to tell you why. Uh, but um, the last picture show was a great movie. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and Sam the Lion. Um, and then Leo was in Miller's Crossing. <laughs> Cloris Leachman was excellent. Ellen Burstyn, uh, Eileen Brennan. Sam Bottoms, who was in, wasn't he in Apocalypse Now? There were three Bottoms brothers, and um, one of them kind of got fucked up. Fucked up, as Christian Bale would say in that shitty movie that I did not like. And I cannot, uh, what was that? I can't even remember, and I don't want to look it up. Because they even bought it, because everybody kept telling me that it was good, even after I thought it sucked. Sam Bottoms was... um, in Sherry Baby, and he played Maggie Gyllenhaal's dad, who was, she was trying to always, um, you know, um, find, like, wanted him to care about her, but then he, in a kind of a, not a, a not so subtle um, uh, scene and action um, he showed what he was all about. That's a Sherry Baby from 2006 is a really good movie. I recommend it was directed by Lori 
Collier. Very good. It has Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, a, a super role that I just loved him in, probably my favorite role uh, because it was a dramatic role uh, for Danny Trejo. He was really good in that. Um, it broke. It was a, kind of a heartbreaker, uh, but still really good. Sam Bottoms. He was not. Or what? There was Joseph Bottoms, Sam Bottoms, and let's see. Zandy's Bride was Gene Hackman and Liv Ullman. That's another one that I always recommend to Yuns. 1974 is kind of a forgotten. It's a western. It takes place like in the in kind of like the old west, but it's not a western. It's a very complex uh, movie about um, like a relationship uh, out in those times. Uh, you're not going to get like a lot of shooting and Indians and horseback riding or anything like that. It's really good. It's a different kind of movie. Um, I remember when I was younger seeing the box art for it in the video store and I never got it. And then one time I can't remember why I, when I finally watched it, but I was like, man, this is really good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton is in that Joe Santos, who was Dennis Becker on Rockford files. Do 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 do. Wow. Uh, Eileen Heckart. Wasn't she in, was she in the killing with, um, um, what's his face? Sterling Hayden? Maybe not. I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, bus stop. Miracle in the rain. Somebody up there likes me. That is, um, Paul Newman when he played Rocky Graziano, who was a real life, uh, boxer who became middleweight champion of the world. Uh, and had a lot of really, uh, had some classic, uh, fights with Tony Zale, uh, who I think his real name was Tony Zelensky from Pittsburgh, uh, who is a Polish icon. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, butterflies are free. Heartbreak Ridge. Little Mary Jackson. I wonder if she, because in Heartbreak Ridge, there wasn't a lot of women. Was she uh, the woman who worked in the bar and Bo Svensson was the owner of the bar and was going to kick Clint, he wasn't going to fuck Clint Eastwood's ass. He was going to kick his ass. Although he did have a, like a, um, uh, looks like almost like a nightstick. He was going to smash the shit out of Clint's head. And Clint would say something like about taking showers with him or sucking his dick. Or Clint would throw him off by saying like stuff that was like kind of like homosexual acts that he wanted to perform on people. And it would throw him off. But I would have liked to have seen a fight between Clint and Bo Svensson. That would have been pretty good. Because, I mean, Clint's a pretty big guy and lifts weights and, uh, you know. Uh, but you got to see Clint against William Smith in any which way you can. And that was a legendary, you know, matchup between two of Hollywood. Two Hollywood guys that were, like, into bodybuilding and lifting weights. The Bad Seed. What's The Bad Seed? 1956. Ah, excuse me. This seems like something that Yun's guys would know about and like. Uh, psychological thriller filmed by Mervyn Leroy, starring Nancy Kelly, Patty McCormick, and Henry Jones. That might be something I need to um, make a little note about. I'll bookmark it. 
so that I can remember. That might be good. The bad seed is the big shocker. Um, they don't have like a quick synopsis. The bad seed was one of the larger hits of 1956 for Warner Brothers, earning the company $4.1 million in theatrical rentals against one, a $1 million budget. That's pretty good back then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm going to talk about another movie here in a minute that uh, I watched with my parents when we're talking about how much money it cost and how much it made and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Eckhart died of lung cancer at her home at age 82 in 2001. Um, what else was she in? Heller in Pink Tights. That sounds like a wrestling movie. <laughs> what is that? Um, Sophia Loren and Anthony Quinn. Uh, let's see here. Adapted from a Louis L'Amour novel. Okay, I guess it is a Western. Um, I was going to say Louis L'Amour. You know, I always thought of him as a Western, but I, I, was, I got caught up in my own uh, um, jumping to conclusions when it said Heller in Pink Tights that it would be a uh, like a wrestling movie. Like gorgeous George Wagner. Uh, Wagner. Uh, Sophia Loren, Anthony Quinn, Margaret O'Brien, Steve Forrest. He play, He was the uh, lead guy on the movie SWAT. Or the, not the movie, the TV show SWAT. And I think he also... I always wondered in the movie Francis um, if he was playing uh, Sterling Hayden. Because Francis Farmer was married to Sterling Hayden. And Steve Forrest kind of has that kind of look, you know. Mm, yeah, mm. Uh, okay, Frank Silvera. Okay, he was Frank Sinatra. Frank Silvera is what I'm looking for. From Kingston, Jamaica, man. He's a familiar face. He was in Viva Zapata with uh, uh, Martin Brando and Gene Peters. See, there. even though I watch a lot of movies, there's still a lot of movies that, um, you know, I haven't seen. Stanley Kubrick, The Killer's Kiss. I started watching this uh, not that long ago. I think it was on YouTube or Tubi, and I didn't finish it. Now, this was kind of, it's a noir, but it, it seemed like it was kind of low budget. And for I, it wasn't that it wasn't any good. I think I fell asleep because I was tired, not because it wasn't any good. The Greatest Story Ever Told. Okay, I saw that. Uh, that was the one about Jesus. Appaloosa, that was, again, Marlon Brando and John Saxon. That was a pretty good movie. Uh, not great, but I was a Brando fan back then, so I watched about everything he was in. Uh, Hombre with uh, Paul Newman and Richard Boone and Frederick March. Uh, that is a pretty good movie. I like that one. That one was by, um, uh, what's his face? Written by Elmore Leonard. Uh, that was a hard-ass movie. Uh, Ombre is a really kind of a not-your-typical Western. That was when uh, the the uh, old old Westerns with the white hat and the black hat and everything were starting to kind of fade out, and you were getting more realistic, nitty, or down-and-dirty. Down-and-dirty and nitty-gritty, baby, is the American dream that the road with a uh, funky like a monkey and shit like that. I, uh, I've lived with kings and queens and ate, uh, and lived in the alley eating pork and beans, baby. Crime and Punishment, who was in that? USA. Uh, Frank Silvera, of course, that's who I was looking up. Not uh, Tony Johnson. I thought that said Tor Johnson. 
George Hamilton, okay, I remember him. He played Evil Knievel and some other stuff. He was in that shitty Godfather 3 movie. He took uh, Robert Duvall's place. I always kind of thought, uh, was he a good actor or a shitty actor? Or in between. You know, he was known for having that fucking tan toward the end of his career. Just having a tan all the time. That's not anything to be known for. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. This is Frank Silvera. I like The Stalking Moon. That is Gregory Peck and Eva Marie Saint and also Robert Forster. That is a another, like I was saying, how Westerns kind of started changing. That one is almost like a horror movie uh, slash Western uh, by Alan, or produced by Alan J. Pakula, who wrote it, because he's usually a very good writer. Tell me, tell me, tell me who I am. Directed by Robert Mulligan. Uh, screenplay by Wendell Mays and Alvin Sargent. But anyway, that's a really good movie. I like Gregory Peck. I like his costume in that. And I like Robert Forster, uh, who was his uh, Indian friend. Uh, Mutiny on the Bounty, 1962. That's Brando. And No. Yeah, Marlon Brando. Yeah. So um, a lot of Brando coming up here. Uh, Richard Harris and Trevor Howard. Uh, I saw that one. That one's a really good movie. I really liked it. I did not see the one with Mel Gibson and uh, Anthony Hopkins. I have not seen that one. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uptight. What's that? 1968. Uh, Uptight. It was intended as an updated version of John Ford's The Informer with Victor McLaughlin. Uh, I've seen that one a, uh, several times. I was going to say a million times, but not a million. Um, based on a book of the name by Liam O'Flaherty. Uh, but the setting is transported from Dublin to Cleveland. Okay, so that might be good. Maybe I'll save that one. The soundtrack was performed by Booker T and the MGs. The assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. is used as a backdrop of the film's fictional narrative. Okay, I want to save that because that looks good. Uh, that is 1968. Uptight. Also known as Uptight? Who's in that? Uh, directed by Jules Dason. And uh, let's see, who's starring in it? Raymond St. Jacques, um, who was in the James Bond movie. Was it Dr. No? I can't remember. But he was also the medic uh, doc in the John Wayne movie, The Green Berets. I like Raymond St. Jacques. Jacques. Ruby D. Uh, Janet McCullough, Roscoe Lee Brown. I like him too. He was in a John Wayne movie, The Cowboys, which is a really good movie uh, for John Wayne. That's the one where uh, Bruce Dern plays the bad guy and he is a piece of shit. That's one to check out. Oat. You might not like John Wayne, but that was a good movie. Uh, Guns of the Magnificent Seven. I wasn't thrilled with that one. Uh, George Kennedy took um, uh, Yul Brenner's place. It had James Whitmore, who I always liked him as an actor. And his son was on Baba Black Sheep, James Whitmore Jr. And he was also a guest star on Magnum P.I. one time. Uh, Bernie Casey. That one That one was like after the Magnificent Seven, they made that one. They made one, another one with Yul Brenner, where um, Robert Fuller took Steve McQueen's place. That was the second one. And then there was one, I believe, with um, Lee Van Cleef as the kind of Yul Brenner part. So, of course, even, you know, even back then, this one sucked because it has Joe Don Baker in it and he only has one arm, but he's a real good, like he's a, um, 
I think he's a Confederate soldier, but he only has one arm, but he's a gunslinger. And I like Joe Don Baker and, and try and watch everything he's in. But this movie just wasn't that good. I think, you know, when I was a kid, I probably liked it a little bit more because I was stupid. Anyway, um, Shay, that was Jack Palance, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, Omar Sharif and Jacques Palance. Um, yeah, that one was, um, I think it kind of, they classified it as a really shitty movie and a, um, like an exploitation movie. Omar Sharif plays uh, Shay Gravara and Jack Palance plays Fidel Castro. So I think people laughed at that. Robert Loja as Faustino Morales. Uh, Woody Strode. Who else is in that? Of course, Frank Silvera. That's who we were looking up. But I, I, it's worth a watch. Um, the one with Benicio Del Toro, which is like two movies or one goddamn really super long movie, is really good. Um, but I don't know. I might like this one better, and it's supposed to be a piece of shit. How much money did this cost? Critical reception. The film received mostly negative reviews at the time of its release. Uh, in this badly misconceived pseudo-biography of the legendary Cuban revolutionary. Well, he was a, a revolutionary in Cuba, but he wasn't Cuban. I think he was Argentinian. Um, uh, Shay takes up his cause of rebel fighter under the direction of Fidel Castro, uh, played also incredibly by Jack Palance. So it, was, it says it was listed... Uh, in the book 50 Worst Films of All Time in 1978 and the book of List. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those ones kind of fun to watch, If and I like Jack Palance, so I don't give a fuck, as my nephew would say. I don't fucking give a shit. Uh, Valdez is coming. That's Bert. Now I'm reading, because, uh, uh, of course, I'll start reading something, and then I'll put it down, or I read it while I'm in the bathtub, so I'll read several pages, and then... You know, get bored and get out. But they, my, the um, Burt Lancaster biography I'm reading is really good. I like Burt. Um, he, I guess, had a tendency to be a bit difficult. Uh, but he was a very focused actor. And um, he really was into all aspects of the movie. Uh, he was making, even if he wasn't the director, which some people did not like, especially probably the director's, but um, I still like Bert. There were a few things in there about him maybe smacking around a couple of women, um, including who was the one? It was like when he was older and the woman smacked him. It was a young actress, and she smacked him, and then he smacked her back, and then they were saying, we'll see... Back in the day, he was drunk one time, and he smacked some woman. And then later on, here's another example, which was like 50 years later. I'm, let me see if I can find his thing on here, and I'll tell you who it was. I It wasn't Susan Sarandon, um, because that was um, Atlantic City, which is a real good movie. But it was an actress who was way younger than him, and the I'll see as soon as I see it I'll know it because it was it wasn't Rocket Gibraltar which was a good movie that's a good movie to watch too from 1988 when Burt was really young uh, it was not Tough Guys Field of Dreams The Jeweler Shop Control I don't even know what that is Ben Gazzara 
1987 Italian drama film directed by Giuliano Montaldo and starring Burt Lancaster and Ben Gazzara. The story was, okay, let's see, what's that, a boot? <laughs> the plot takes place during an experiment concerning uh, the psychological effects of mental fatigue of those locked in a fallout shelter uh, for a long period of time. Twelve subjects are locked in a nuclear fallout shelter to see how they will endure before mental breakdown occurs. After the experiment, Dr. Herbert Monroe, Burt Lancaster, tells the world about the terrifying experiment and its outcome. That starts Bert, Ben Gazzara, Kate Nelligan, Ingrid Thulin, uh, Flavio Bucci. Oh, well, like, well, William Berger. I, th- I thought it was Helmut Berger. Uh, it's an Italian movie, so there's several. This was, uh, it says HBO Showcase, so it, it was an uh, HBO movie. I haven't seen that, so let me, let me, um, let me uh, bookmark that. It might be something that you probably can find on YouTube. They have a lot of like those old HBO show or movies. Come on, bitch. I am clicking you. Don't you let me down, motherfucker. Um, let's go back. Tough guys, little treasure. Local not local hero, not cattle Annie and Little Britches. That was another Western that was uh a um Revision or what, like a revisionist Western? Um, really, it's pretty good. It fell off the face of the planet Earth, but it has a super young Diane Lane and Amanda Plummer. Also, Scott Glenn, Buck Taylor, who was on Gunsmoke, played Newly on Gunsmoke. John, very young John Savage. Uh, it's a true story about the Dolan Dalton gang uh, and the rock group, the Eagles, country rock group, rock whatever. Uh, the Eagles had a um, album called Doolin' Dalton. And on the album cover, they were all laid out like when they used to, in the Old West, when they would shoot up a bunch of outlaws and then they would lay their dead bodies out uh, and or prop them up and then um, take pictures. Also, Stephen Ford is in that, in that movie and he was the son of President uh, Gerald Ford. Rod Steiger plays Bill Tillman and also... Uh, I think that uh, Sam Elliott played Bill Tillman in a in a movie. I think I'm not sure if that one was big screen or if it was like made for T TNT called You Know My Name. Uh wah, 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 cry baby. <laughs> Michael Conrad, who was on um, Hill Street Blues, always liked him. Uh, let's see, okay, that's it. But that's a pretty good movie there. Uh, Cattle Annie and Little Britches. That's a true story. Uh, made in 1981. That was before Bert got really old, like when he was in Field of Dreams and Rocket Gibraltar. But he was getting old at that time. Local Hero was very good, um, if you want to check out an older Bert. I like the Osterman Weekend. It didn't, I don't think it did really well. That was a, um, what's his face? Uh, Sam Peckinpah movie uh, directed. And um, it uh, at the time, another person, uh, after seeing... I think Blade Runner, I, I wanted to watch everything with Rutger Hauer, and Rutger Hauer was the star of this one. He was getting a lot of roles at this time coming off of Blade Runner. Um, Craig T. Nelson, uh, Dennis Hopper is also in this, uh, and he was, he didn't seem as like, uh, like a coked-out lunatic at this time, so I think this is when he might have started to clean himself up 
after Apocalypse Now, and then he made a movie down in South America and uh, Mad Dog Morgan in Australia. But the one in South America is the one where he walked out into the jungle like completely naked and was seeing um, UFOs and stuff flying around his head and everything because he was having like a a, a drug-induced psychotic break. And then they finally got him and and got him in rehab and everything. And he straightened out after that. And was was uh, and I think he was clean and sober after that for a long time because that's when you got the movie Colors, which he directed, uh, and then Blue Velvet and Hoosiers. And he had a real big string of success there coming out of and uh, the movie Into the Blue or Out of the Blue. Uh, I think he was when he did Out of the Blue. He was still doing drugs and stuff, um, but and he actually took over the directing of that movie. It was another director at the time. Linda Manns was really good in that. I always liked her. Some people make fun of her, you know, because of, uh, um, you know, she was kind of a little in short, and in some movies she, she almost kind of looked like a boy in, uh, like, The Wanderers. Uh, but I always liked her. I thought she was a good actor. I still have not seen um, Gummo. Uh, let's see. But anyway, Osterman Weekends, pretty good movie. Not a great movie, but it was worth a watch. Back then, back in those days, sometimes even the shitty movies weren't weren't too bad because you had some really good actors. Uh, Midnight Man. Okay, I must be on uh, Bert here. Yeah, I am. So anyway, I can't. I can't remember. I th- I thought it said maybe it was a TV movie. Let's see. As a producer, Trapeze, Elmer Gantry, television. Okay, let's see. Maybe it was on here. Wings of Eagles. No, I'd have to get the book, and I'm not going to do that because it's in the bathroom where I read. I don't care how'd I get all the way over here. How much time do I have left to talk? I got plenty of time, but I'm on a roll. I feel pretty good. I I am doing pretty good. I haven't even gotten to anything. I'm just kind of going down the rabbit hole. As usual, uh, let's see. Let's get that was uh, Eileen Eckhart rabbit hole. I have seen her in something else, maybe it was a TV show. Tell me, tell me, tell me who I am. You look so good, fantastic man. See, I, I I like when I'm going out with somebody, I make them sing that to me. Uh, we do like a duet, but then they get to that part where they have to say, You look so good, fantastic man. And I like that. It makes me feel good. I'm not an alpha male. I'm not beyond being insecure. I'm paranoid. I have anxiety. Uh, depression, manic, uh, bipolar. See, this like right now when I'm talking on the show and I'm just blah, 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 blah. See, I have hit a, I, I, I'm using that for my artistic abilities. I'm babbling because that's the mania. When I'm not, um, I think Loaf and I might have done a show ever. We usually I would snap out of anything, but there was a couple of times where I just didn't even feel like fucking talking. But I did anyway, because I wasn't going to about to let him talk. <laughs> anyway, Mary Tyler Moore Show. Um, 
Remember the show Maud? Lady Catava was a freedom rider. She didn't care if the whole world knew. Joan of Arc with the Lord to guide her. Now there's a sister who really cooked. Isabella was a first bra burner, and you're glad she showed up. Oh, yeah. And when the country was falling apart, Betsy Ross had it all sewed up. And then there's Maud. I loved Maud. Uh, it was a good show. It was before its time because they handled like when Maud got pregnant and she was like almost 50 and she went and had an abortion. But also Adrian Barbeau was on there and played her daughter. And that's when I fell in love with Adrian Barbeau for the first time. And I was a little kid. She was very cute and she had big heart. Anyway, she played, uh, okay. Um, later appeared in Vietnam War Widow in Clint Eastwood's Heartbreak Ridge. Uh, goddamn son of a bitch. You goddamn son of a bitch. Little Charles uh, Bronson. Oh, that's a little house on the prairie. We used to, honest to God, when I was in like uh, grade school, probably junior high and stuff like that, when you watch TV with your parents, you only had three channels and one TV. Uh, we used to watch Little House on the Prairie. Uh, let's see. Okay, I've uh, Eileen Eckhart. I'm not going to. She was in Bus Stop, 1956 Bus Stop, which I think was a pretty good movie. Flo Meredith, the role she carried over to guest appearances on the spinoff Lou Grant, and she was on Mary Tyler Moore. I used to watch that all the time, too, both of those. And then we watched MASH, which had the character Trapper John, Wayne Rogers, and then they uh, made sort of a spinoff, but it was way later on because that took place during the Korean War, and uh, Trapper John, I think, took place in the 70s. And it was Pernell Roberts who played Adam Cartwright on Bonanza. And Gonzo Gates was Gregory Harrison, who was married to uh, another one of my uh, secret girlfriends, Randy Oaks from Chips. She was so good looking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Let's see. Heller and Pink Tights was not about Gorgeous George. Uh, where am I at? Sandy's Bride. Butterflies are free. Who's in that? Uh, Milton Catacellus is the director, and it's starring Goldie Hawn, Eileen Eckhart. Okay, that's who we were talking about. And Edward Albert. Eddie Albert was on Green Acres, and he was really good on that with, uh, was it Ava? Was it Ava Gabor or Zsa Zsa Gabor? I always get those messed, those two messed up. Eddie Albert, early life was born, actor Edward, or Eddie Albert, and Eddie Albert was on Green Acres. Green Acres is the place to be, farm living is the life for me, land spreading out so far and wide, keep Manhattan, just give me that countryside. Ah, ba-doom, ba-doom, doom, ba-doom, ba-doom, doom. Let me see. I wanted to see what it says. Eddie Albert's uh, military career. 
Prior to World War II and before his film career, Albert had toured Mexico as a clown and a high-wire artist with the Escalante Brothers Circus, but secretly worked for the U.S. Army Intelligence (laughs) photographing German U-boats in the Mexican harbors. That's pretty fucking cool. Okay, and then September 9th, 1942, Albert enlisted in the United States Coast Guard and was just charged in 1943 to accept an appointment as a lieutenant in uh, the Naval Reserve, was awarded a Bronze Star with a Combat V for his actions during the invasion of Tarawa on November 1943 when, as the coxswain of the U.S. Navy uh, landing craft, he rescued 47 Marines who were stranded offshore and uh, supervised the rescue of 30 others while under heavy enemy machine gun fire. Okay, well, that was pretty gallant. I think, I mean, you know, who am I to say? Who am I to say? Green Acres is the Ava Gabor. Okay, she was pretty. Well, all those Gabor sisters were pretty, but they were kind of like, to me, like uh, the Paris Hilton or um, Kardashians or something of their of their time. Uh, Hollywood Blacklist, what the hell? Eddie Albert's wife, Mexican actress Margot, was well-known in Hollywood for, for her left-wing politics, uh, but she was not a member of the Communist Party. In 1950, Margot and Albert's names were both published in Red Channels, an anti-communist pamphlet that sought to expose purported communist influences within the entertainment industry. That well was just so much fucking bullshit. What to punch John Lane right in his fat nose. Uh, Albert's son spoke of his parents' blacklisting in an interview. Uh, published in 1972. My mom was blacklisted for appearing at an anti-Franco rally. Um, She was branded a communist, was spat upon in the streets, and had to have a bodyguard. And my dad found himself unemployable at several major studios. Just when his career was gathering momentum during the Second uh, World War, dad joined the Navy and saw action in Tarawa. And because he came back something of a hero, he was able to work again. And still did not get fucked in the ass by Clint Eastwood. Uh, Edward Albert, the son, at one time in the 70s, it seemed like he was in a lot of, probably late 60s, or mid to late 60s and 70s, he was in a lot of TV shows. He was in uh, the movie The Domino Principle with Gene Hackman which was a pretty good movie. It's one of those ones that you always find in the bargain bin when uh, they would throw old movies that were that you hadn't seen in a while, uh, and you'd find one in there. It was, I think Domino Principle was a double feature on a, a cheapy DVD, but I can't remember what the other movie was. The drama The Greek Tycoon with Anthony Quinn and Jacqueline Bissett, and I think that one was about Aristotle Anassis and um, uh, Jackie Kennedy. Onassis. I haven't seen that one. Let me, maybe I want to watch that. Let's, uh, let's uh, bookmark that to Daddy-O. Please tell me, tell me, tell me who I am. It probably might be dry, but I like, okay, James Franciscus. I've liked him ever since Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Uh, it's got Charles Durning, who was always good, and a seemed like a uh, uh, co-worker and maybe friend of Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. We'll see. The Fool Killer. That was a Western. What's that one? A boot. 
Anthony Perkins and Edward Albert. Based on the 50... I know there was a comic book character called the Fool Killer. Uh, it was based on a 1954 novel of the same name by Helen Eustace. Twelve-year-old boy roams the post-Civil War South with a philosophical axe... With a philosophical axe murderer. Huh. Well, that might be pretty good. What's that? Who else is in that? Anthony Perkins, Edward Albert, Dana Elkar. Okay, he was on Baba Black Sheep. He was General Lard. Or his name really was General Lard, but I'm sure that they probably all called him General Lardass. Uh, okay. And uh, Simon Oakland was the general that was kind of the good one that uh, liked Robert Conrad and his band of misfits, if you will, baby. Albert plays Mr. Collins, father of to Wesley Collins, the Red Ranger in Power Rangers Time Force. I watched a movie with Edward Albert. Uh, that I think maybe I talked about on the show. What was that? Okay, there's Fool Killer, Butterflies Are Free. Okay, he was in Midway with Charlton Heston, the movie about the, the old movie about the Battle of Midway, 1976. Pretty good movie. Um, when Time Ran Out. Okay, that was William Holden and Paul Newman. That was about the volcano. Erwin uh, Allen, Paul Newman, Jackie Bissett, and her gorgeous boobies, red buttons, Barbara Carrera, and her gorgeous boobies, uh, Valentina Cortessa, I'm not sure who she is, and Veronica Hamill, and her gorgeous boobies, Alex Karras, okay, you gotta love anything with Alex Karras, uh, who was Mongo in Blazing Saddles, and was a Hall of Fame defensive tackle for the Detroit Lions, and he was also in Hard Case with Clint Walker, Burgess Meredith, Ernest Borgnine, Jam. Franciscus. Um, this was, of course, Erwin Allen, but it was one of the Erwin uh, Allen disaster movies, so they always had an all-star cast. I've seen that one, but I don't remember that much about it, that I can speak on it right now. Uh, Galaxy of Terror? What the heck was that? There's a giant bug attacking somebody. Edward Albert, Aaron Moran, Joni on, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, Happy Days... That one looks maybe low budget, maybe. See, I'm on uh, Wikipedia, so um, you can't look up. Um, uh, they don't have like a brief synopsis. So let me bring something up there so I, on IMDb so I can get you. I'm talking about these movies, but then I can't get a brief synopsis. Uh, Galaxy of Terror. Galaxy of Terror. Um, Aaron Moran... I I mean, when she was on, uh, when she got older and she was on Happy Days and she started wearing like real tight clothes and had some boobies and stuff, um, she was a little annoying little shit um, uh, when she was a little annoying shit on that show. Uh, what's this, a boot? Where's this? Okay, ragtag spaceship crew sent on a rescue mission to encounter a formidable enemy, their worst fears projected by their own imaginations. That sounds almost like uh, Solaris or something. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, practical effects. And that looked like the Freddy Krueger dude. Okay. This looks like, um, what you call it, uh, like laser blast type special effects. And what year was this? 1981. Uh, who else is in this? Robert Englund. There he is. Sid Haig. See? You guys probably know this one. Because you guys like those um, 
um, too bad or too bad, <laughs> too bad. It's good movies. <laughs> so bad. It's good movies. Uh, butterfly. Oh, that's the one where Stacy Keach plays Pia Zadora's dad. And I think they fuck. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I think it's, I don't think it's readily available. But for some reason, I believe that when Loaf and I were doing, we did like a couple of movies that involved incest. The one was with Clive Owen and um, the guy who played Hans Gruber in Die Hard um, was Clive Owen's sister's husband. But going way back to when they were like young, Clive Owen and his sister had kind of uh, done stuff because I think they had like a lot of family problems, maybe abuse or something. I can't remember. And then they had split and they lived like one of them lived in one country and the other one lived in another country. And then uh, that was a pretty good movie. What was that movie called? We, well, I'll find it on Sullivan Gold post it. Uh, but there was another one that we watched that had like, uh, and these weren't like, you know, Kay Parker fucking incest. These were movies that involved, um, yeah, incestuous characters, um, but they were well done, and it was not—it was handled not like a fucking twelve-year-old or something. Okay, uh, yeah, I think that's where I discovered this one because we were looking up uh, uh, on like a list and found I—I I had seen the one with Clive Owen, and then there was another one. I think I can't remember if Loaf picked it or not. I don't remember, but this one got a golden raspberry, but. I will say this. I like um, Stacy Keach. So, and it has Orson Welles, Stacy Keach, um, Edward Albert, of course, that's who we're to, Stuart Whitman, who fought like a fucking orangutans after in the movie his plane crashed, and a bunch of other people they had to survive because there was ba- it was baboons, not orangutans, it was baboons. Uh, James Franciscus is also in this, and Pia Zadora. Well, she was in the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, 1964, when she was a little kid, I guess. I haven't seen that. I remember seeing the commercial for it when I was a little kid on TV. Uh, This was directed by Matt Simber. What else did he direct? Well, that looks like Jane. Yeah, that is Jane Mansfield. Uh, Matt Simber, Simber was with his wife, Jane Mansfield, and their newborn son and her four other children. Oh, okay, I think he was the one that married her after her and Mickey Hargitay, maybe, after they split, and then she got killed. She was, like, hanging out with Anton LaVey and that kind of shit. Um, What else did he do? Butterfly, which was not a uh, success. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling as co-creator. He was co-creator of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Um, Yellow Hair and the Fortress Gold. That's what's-her-name from... um, uh, Laureen Landon from I the Jury. Man, she's a dish. Holy fucking cannoli, she was good looking. She might, she's probably still good looking. She was, uh, that was the one that Armad Asante played my camera. Good movie. Uh, it's probably dated now, but for the 80s, it kind of had like more of a, I mean, it was in New York, but like that, you know, during that time of Miami Vice and all that. Hundra, that's her again, isn't it? Laureen Landon in Hundra. 1983's Italian-Spanish, Italian-American-Spanish fantasy film. 
Oh, let me look that up. That looks good. <laughs> oh, my God. You a lunatic. Hundra. I never heard of that. Hundra. I did see a movie with Loreen Landon in it that was something. Maybe it was another name. But I remember where it was all women. And they were like in a dystopian future where it was like kind of Mad Maxish barbarian women. But I don't think it was this. Born in a tribe of fierce warrior women, the archer and sword fighter Hundra uh, has been raised to despise the influence of men. Superior to any male, Hundra takes a vow of revenge until one day she finds love. See, I was born in the wrong time. Oh, let's see. That's sort of, I think the one maybe I was thinking of, it was, no, it was similar, sort of like, Kind of had a similar theme to this. Hundra. I'm going to fucking bookmark that one too. Daddy-o. That looks like that could be a lot of fun. <whistles> Snort. Uh, let's go back. Lorene Landon. Look her up. She's good looking. A time to die. Time to live. Time to lie. Urgh, I'm going to vomit. A Time to Die or Seven Graves for Rogan is a 1982 war drama, uh, war drama criminal film. And the best part about this is it has Rod Taylor in it. And I love Rod Taylor. Rex Harrison, Rod Taylor, and Edward Albert. Uh, a World War II vet sets out in 1948 to avenge the death of his wife at the hands of Nazis. Um, or as they say in the comic book sometimes, Ratsies. Uh, his target are four German, and a Sicilian, and a Hungarian who committed the atrocities. And, uh, okay, that might be all right. Uh, and it was um, based on the book Six Graves to Munich by Mario Puzo, who did The Godfather. Bookmark that one, too. I want to watch that. Probably ain't worth a shit, but, you know, I don't give a fuck. Oh, fake out. I used to fake people out. Like playing football, um, if I was playing like end or wide receiver, and you fake them out, give them the head and shoulders, and in basketball too. Uh, okay, this one has Pia Zadora. He had a connection with Pia Zadora. This Matt Simber was he married to her or something, or was he just in? Okay, it was him with Jane Mansfield. So maybe he was trying to make her the new Jane Mansfield. Pia Zadora, she couldn't sing. I think that like her dad. Just had money, so he got her in movies and stuff and tried to make a singer out. Just tried to make her famous in any way, but she really didn't have a lot of talent. Uh, but, I, but again, I, don't, I, I just remember reading about her in the tabloids and them saying that. I have not seen any Pia Zadora movies that I know of that I can remember. Um, let's see. Stars Pia Zadora, Telly Savalas. I like Telly. Desi Arnaz Jr. Uh, he was in a movie with Gregory Peck. Young Billy Young, I think. Larry Storch, who played Agar on F Troop. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. George Savalas, who... Telly Savalas was the uh, lead on Kojak. And then his brother, George Savalas, was also on Kojak. But he didn't play his brother on that. He was just another fat detective. Telly wasn't fat. He was bald. But George Savalas was always known for being like really... Um, like, uh, like an obese uh, guy. Uh, Tim Rosovich who played for the Eagles linebacker and uh, end for the, uh, 
defensive end and linebacker for the Eagles and the Chargers, and his brother was Val Kilmer's uh, wingman and volleyball partner in Top Gun. And Tim Rosovich was in a lot of TV shows, including Rockford Files. He was also in, uh, like I think, uh, Hooper, whatever. I've talked about him before on here. What's this Piazzador movie about? Fake Out. Fake Out. Oh, this is my Fake Out. What's it about? Fake Out. Why is my IMDb not clicking on that there? Get off there, motherfucker. Oh, okay, I didn't scroll down. I was clicking on an advertisement. Fake Out. Okay, Telly Savalas. I like that movie with Telly Savalas and Peter Fonda. That was a good movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Gangster's gr- a gangster's girlfriend hangs out in Las Vegas in a Las Vegas hotel with her cops with her cop protectors while she awaits. Okay, wait a minute. Good, good, good. Stupid. Gangster's girlfriend hangs out in a Las Vegas hotel with her cop protectors while she waits to testify. Okay, it's probably a piece of shit. Oh, uh, I don't see him. I don't think I even want to um, bookmark that. I don't even want to watch it. I probably should try to, but I don't care. Uh, Pia Zadora's second lead role in a feature. Uh, all her first three films were financed by the company of her then-husband, Meshluma Rickless. Uh, the other were Butterfly and the Lonely Lady. I gotta watch this Butterfly. I heard it was shitty as hell, but you know, Lonely Lady. Matt Simber or Kimber, who directed Butterfly, also made uh, Fake Out. Zadora describes it as cops and robbers and nightclub singer story, kind of like uh, a long Kojak. She added the film has me, or she added the film. Has me singing a little, but it's nothing I'm terribly proud of. The film was mostly shot on location. Who cares? You're even boring. You're so boring. Witch who came from the sea. Millie Perkins. Okay, I'm starting to fade here. What the fuck? I'm losing. I'm losing my um. My passion, not my passion. I'm just losing something. Piazzadora killed me there. Uh, the Witch Who Came from the Sea, an American psychological horror film uh, produced by Matt Kimber, starring Millie Perkins. Okay, is this going to be any good? It was classified as a video nasty. So this Matt Kimber guy, I think that he... I got to get off him because I think all his movies suck. But I like that Lorene Landon or whatever her name was. She's very hot. Very hot. Butterfly. Let's let me let me see this butterfly. Let's see. Butterfly. Only thing I remember about it was that it um it had some inappropriate behavior. 1937 Nevada, so uh, a silver mine caretaker, Jess Tyler. I imagine that's Stacy Keach, is reunited with his teenage daughter Katie, who will do anything to persuade Jess to let her have um claim to the mine like uh, yeah, I think they mean anything too you know what I'm saying is there any trivia let's see if there's any trivia here that's be interesting 
There was a controversy surrounding Piazzadora's win of the Golden Globe for the best new star of the year in 1982. It was the only year of the event including su- that included such a category with both men and women competing for it. Okay, so uh, probably her husband bought the award. Bought the award. So bad it's great is what one review says. So maybe I'll watch that. Uh, snort. My nose was itching, Cheyenne. There's Steve McQueen in Wanted Dead or Alive. That Rutger Hauer uh, played his what great-grandson in the movie Wanted Dead or Alive, and he played Steve McQueen played a bounty hunter in that TV show, and that was like his first big thing. And then later on, they made that um, movie Wanted Dead or Alive with Rutger Hauer and Gene Simmons and William, William Russ who was on the TV show Wise Guy, played Roger LaCoco. And um, so anyway, whatever. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, okay. Who was this? I was looking. Oh, Edward Albert. I need to get off him too. He's not that interesting. But there's, I like Joe Don Baker. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything. Sandy's Bride, Miracle in the Rain. Look at that. That's not even a movie. That's a book or something. What the hell? All oh, it says a film. All right, I'm babbling on here. Let's get to let's let's get back to Facebook. Maybe something's going on there. I read um, some Hellboy comics uh, yes or t- today. What's, what time is it? Okay, it's only ten fifty three. So yesterday, the Conqueror Worm uh, by Mike Mignola, um, Seed of Destruction. Uh, that was Mike Mignola and John Byrne, and uh, it says Chiarello. I don't. I'm not sure who that is. Um, it says Seed of Destruction. They were all good. Uh, the Corpse and the uh, and the Iron Shoes. That one, the the last Hellboy movie. Now I guess they're going to make a, a, a another Hellboy movie, uh, but the last one they made, um, it seemed like there were. And there were some that I recognized, some stories I recognized in that, but it was kind of like a hodgepodge of Hellboy stories put together into one movie. And um, this, uh, The Corpse and the Iron Shoes is kind of like that too. Uh, I think Mignola, um, they had him do these Hellboy stories that were only, each one of them was only like two pages uh, long, and uh, they're like little short stories, and then he put them together in the corpse and the iron shoes. But it was good, uh, good, nice kind of quick read, you know. Um, some comics, man, I, I, I'm not adverse to reading something if it's a good story and I'm immersed in it. But uh, some comics, I think the fucker thinks that they're writing a goddamn novel, and um, you know, you have all this animation, so you don't have to fucking uh, narrate and spell out every single thing. Now, of course, you know, I'm not saying that I'm like a dumbass that, 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 you know, I just want some pictures to look at. Like I said, if it's a good story, I love getting into it. Um, but, okay, Spawn, number one, um, uh, Todd McFarlane, I read that. I read that a long time ago when it first came out, when Spawn first came out, for when Image first started up. I hadn't uh, read it in a long time. Of course, there was a Spawn movie uh, with Michael Jai White and Martin Sheen. Who else was in Spawn movie? I watched that movie several times. 
Um, Angel Tompkins was who I was looking up a long time ago when this sh- thing started. Uh, and uh, I got all over, over the place and got out of... Uh, she was the one that played Morgan Stolson in um, Walking Tall Part 2. Anyway, let's see. But she was in a lot of stuff, and she was good-looking. That's all I have to say. Because she was in a ton of TV. I want to go back through all that. Uh, Dragnet, Mannix, Bonanza, just a, just a shitload of stuff. Love American Style. Love American style, truer than the red, white, and blue. Love American style, that's me and you. The dawn is dead. I think that's Robert Forrester, isn't it? Anthony Quinn and Frederick Forrest and Robert Forrester. Okay, that one's worth watching, but it's not that great. It's a mafia movie, and... um She's she's good looking. I like her a lot. Like a banger. Al Lettieri, uh, Robert Forster, Angel Tompkins, Barry Russo. Who else? Barry Joe Santos, uh, Abe Vigoda, who played Fish on Barney Miller and the TV show Fish, and he was also in The Godfather. Godfather. Oh, Daddy. I think we can get off Angel Tompkins because I just thought she was hot back in the day. That's no way to be. Be a sexist person. Well, you know, you're attracted. To, I'm not going to apologize for being attracted to people. Treat them with respect. But, you know, if you want to say that you think somebody's got a nice pair of titties, don't say it to their face until you've. she's actually, you know, let you know that it's okay, like when you're laying in bed, screwing. That's um, a uh, something that um, that was a free thing. Um, just giving up advice. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, uh, the mage or hero discovered uh, mage, magi, mage, as like a magician. Uh, by Matt Wagner. I like Matt Wagner. I like him uh, when he did Grendel. And uh, I read the first issue of Mage, and it was really good. I really liked it. I liked his artwork, too. It, it reminded me a lot of um, when I read uh, Grendel, his uh, Grendel. Um, 2000 AD. This was, uh, of course, um, the magazine that has several different uh, comic stories in it that um, usually had a Judge Dredd story in it. All of the stories in this were good. All of the artwork is unique, and all the stories are unique and different. And I like the Judge Dredd story. It was a short story. It was, it was pretty good. It was funny. Um, Femme Force by Bill Black and Mark uh, Heckey. Um, Femme Force was pretty good. It's definitely a um, sexist... Um, comic book with hot chicks and hot outfits. Uh, the Femme Force are uh, like all Americans. They're very diverse. You have like a Hispanic um, um, big titty blonde American. Um, I'm trying to think who else. But there were several of the different girls. They all have different outfits, different powers. And they're going up against Lady Luger uh, a Nazi woman who has a whip and um, she has her shirt 
like uh, not even buttoned. It's tucked into her tight pants and belt, but it's like completely open in the chest area. So you get a lot of cleavage, a lot of cleavage, a lot of boobs, some like nipple and stuff like that. Uh, Lady Luger, of course, is almost dominatrix like. She's very sadistic. But this is a good, it's a good, it's got uh, Miss Victory, She Cat, uh, Blue Bulleteer, and Rio Rita. And they're fighting Lady Luger and these other fucking Nazis. She is the leader of the Nazis. But I liked it because I am at times misogynistic and sexist. And I also enjoy big boobies and Nazi women who are hot, like Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS with big boobies. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Eastman and Laird. This is not the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic I have read, um, but this is the first time I read this story. And this is the... Um, the uh, when they put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the comics, uh, it's not goofy and funny like... Um, say the ones with like Megan Fox or uh, was there like a, there was a movie and like cartoon and stuff. These are like black and white comics and they're pretty gritty and uh hard ass. And I liked it, but this was like kind of like an origin thing uh, with uh splinter and uh shredder and all the turtles. And there's a lot of ninja fighting. It kind of reminds me of uh Yosagi, Yo Himbo and um, stuff like that where, um, they may be cartoonish-looking characters, but there's a lot of Nazis, a lot of stabbing, killing, fighting, yada, 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 evil stuff, too. Uh, Megalith from Continuity Comics. I had never even heard of this. Megalith. It was pretty good. I don't see... It doesn't say on here who the uh, wrote it and everything. Um, Neil Adams. Okay. I believe I've seen his this artwork in some other comics in Marvel. So um, I'm thinking it almost looks like uh, Mark Texaria. Uh, I was thinking from Wolverine, but I can't. I don't. I'm not sure. Pep Comics uh, introducing the Shield G-Man Extraordinaire. Okay, this is like a really super old ten cent comic. Uh, and Bentley of Scotland Yard, the Comet and uh, Midshipman. Uh, it's got some several different stories in there. Uh, really nostalgic kind of. It's a uh, action uh, superhero kind of old school uh, from way back when. Quick read, but it's, it's fun to read and to look at the artwork and everything. Uh, I think that's about it for now as far as the comics go. Now let's, okay, I read uh, Firestorm, The Nuclear Man. That's a DC comic. That was the first uh, origin of a, a series that they put him in. He is also in... Um, is it Legends of Tomorrow? Or I'm trying to think which one CW show that he's in. Oh, God, I watched it. I remember the character and everything. But um, this one, I, I guess the series didn't last. But the character, of course, still lives on. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, okay, Legion. I think this Legion 94 is pretty good. I like the, I bought a uh, comic a long time ago when I was a kid. Uh, well, a kid, if it's Legion 94, you know, I uh, wasn't that much of a kid. But uh, anyway, uh, and it had the character uh, Vril Dox. And I guess that is a version of Brainiac. 
and he leads this uh, group Legion, and this is in the future. But I really like that character. I liked the comic because it's the the colors are. I like the artwork and the colors are really vibrant. Uh, Tom Pyre, Steve Jones, Tom Tenney, and Dennis Kramer. And if it went poom, 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 that's because my glasses just hit the microphone. Uh, okay, let's get out of that and go over to Silva and Gold because there is still a group there. And I'm in it. <sighs> Silver and Gold. Silver and gold. See Henry looking at Dolph's butthole. I remember I had a silver and gold song for Christmas a long time ago. And it was sort of something like that, but I don't remember it now. It was so long ago. Uh, I filmed the um, uh, 1925 silent movie Ben-Hur starring Ramon Navarro. And they have, it's like two and a half hours long. I found it on uh, YouTube and I posted it on Silver and Gold. I haven't watched it. So I want to check that out because I have watched the uh, Charlton Heston Ben-Hur movie like a bazillion times. I was asking some people uh, what their opinion of um, um, Last Temptation of Christ. And uh, Mike chimed in that uh, it was a great film. Especially how Harvey Keitel plays Judas with a Brooklyn accent. Okay, I just posted that not that long ago, so we haven't gotten that much feedback on it. But uh, anyway, uh, let's see what else. FTW, uh, Fuck the World, uh, starring Mickey Rourke and Lori Singer. Um, I was watching a thing about uh, Brian Singer, about him being a um, child molester and everything, and they said on that that he was Laurie Singer's brother. And someone, let's see, who was it? Was it Steve? Uh, said that they thought that her brother is Mark Singer, the Beastmaster, uh, and that uh, Brian Singer might, well, let's look it up. Because it, the guy said in the thing that um, Laurie Singer was his sister. So maybe they're all brother and sister. But I was watching a thing about that, uh, like child molesting kind of stuff, and then about um, also Kevin Spacey. And then right before I came up here to do this, I was working out, and there was a thing on uh, YouTube uh, about Ezra Miller. And it was it said something about him being a groomer. I didn't get into that. Um, I... Um, the parts that I was watching was about him just being a fucking out of control dick, choking some woman, uh, and doing some really weird shit. Let's see. Lori Singer, children, one parent, relatives, Mark Singer, yeah. Uh, so maybe that guy got that wrong. They Maybe they're related, but they're, I don't know. Lori Singer, she was big, you know, like, was she, she was footloose, wasn't she? And, uh, Summer Heat with Bruce Abbott. Uh, Fame, I Want to Live Forever. Footloose, Falcon and Snowman, which was a good movie, with um, Timothy Hutton and Sean Penn. True story. Uh, Man with One Red Shoe. That was um, Tom Hanks and Dabney Coleman. 
based on the French film The Tall Blonde Man with One Black Shoe. I haven't seen that. Well, maybe I'll save that one up here. Let's bookmark that. So I'm coming across some stuff that, uh, that was one that passed me by. I kept thinking about the woman in the red dress or whatever with Gene Wilder and uh, um, Seagal's old girlfriend or wife, whatever her name was. Here we go again on my... No, that wasn't her. What was her name? She was in that Seagal movie where he, I think, came out of a coma and grabbed her ass. Uh, Kelly LeBrock. Here we go again on my own. That was what's her name, and she was hot back then. When they did that, when they had that song, and um, she danced on that car, we all had like a fucking big boner. Trouble in mind. I like that one. I recommended that one to all you guys. So if you get to see it, that's the one with 1985 with Chris Christopherson, Keith Carradine, Jean-Vierre Bougeau, and Laurie Singer. And I said I thought it felt like it was in the Streets of Fire, Tom Cody, Ellen Aim universe. That's what it feels like. And it's really good. I really liked it. Uh, let's see. Made in USA. American crime drama. Uh, film stars Adrian Pazdar and Chris Penn as two men who've decided to leave behind their working class lives in a coal mine country. I have not seen that. I wonder if it's any good. Probably any good. That's probably why. Dino De La Fuentes. Directed by... Ken Friedman. Oh, it's a black comedy. Eh, I don't know. Maybe I'll just let that one slip by. Summer Heat. That looks like it might be an erotic movie. Maybe, maybe not. Anthony Edwards, he can be erotic. Bruce Cab or Bruce Abbott, not Bruce Cabot. Bruce Cabot was in like some John Wayne movies. Um, he's an old man. Uh, in Aurora, North Carolina, in the post-depression, late 1930s, Roxy Walston is only 17. She's only 17. 17! Uh, when she marries a boy, she knows Aaron. They have a child they call Baby, and nobody puts it in the corner, and live and work on a farm and raise tobacco. That sounds boring. Roxy's father, who operates a mortuary, sends a young drifter named Jack Ruffin their way to be a farmhand. Jack has... Oh, okay. Okay, so I bet you Anthony Edwards is her schlub husband, Aaron. Probably a nice guy. But then this dude who would be... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Paul Abbott. He looks like he's like maybe the dangerous guy. He shows up and she, he lights her fire because she was young. He uh, Bruce uh, Abbott was married to Linda Hamilton, and that must have been it. Must have been Bruce Abbott, then Justin Oberholzer, and then um, the guy who made um, Avatar. Let's see, Dalton Abbott. They had one child, Dalton Abbott, who can be seen in Terminator Two: Judgment Day as infant. John Connor. He and Linda divorced in 1989, the same year uh, on the set of television film Trapped. Abbott met actress Kathleen Quinlan, who was in the movie The Doors, with Val Kilmer. Uh, they married in 1994 and have one son. Okay, so anyway, what else is that fuckhead in? The Last Starfighter, Reanimator, uh, Casual Sex, Bride of Reanimator, Kaleidoscope, Dillinger, 
I saw that. Okay, that was a TV movie. That was Mark Harmon as Dillinger. So that and Sherilyn Fenn. Who else was in that? Oh, uh, Will Patton. Yeah, but uh, Patricia Arquette. She had little nipples. <laughs> I like Patricia. Uh, um, no, no, no. I like Patricia Arquette. She has nice boobs. Rosanna Arquette has little nipples. Um, Patricia Arquette is my um, secret girlfriend. Nobody knew that, and then I let it slip on. Uh, and Lawrence Tierney is in uh, this uh, Dillinger movie with Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon played quarterback for the, not the Trojans, uh, UCLA, I believe. I think. Uh, let's see. <sighs> getting tired of sitting here, people. How much time we got left? I'm just getting tired. Fading. It's it's late. It's 11 o'clock. 11, 12. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else on here? Okay. So anyway, that's um, better. Okay. Uh, F the world or FTW. That must name something else. When I saw it, it wasn't called FTW. Um, they wanted to call it that, but then the studio and everything said, we can't sell it as FTW because that means fuck the world. And it was called something else. I don't remember what it was. That was back when Mickey Rourke was really young, starting out. And I wanted to see everything that he was in. And I did like, um, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Homeboy and Johnny Handsome. Uh, my friend Mike, who was a professional boxer, really liked Homeboy. He said it was uh, pretty realistic. Uh, so the, the uh, a trailer for this uh, movie called The Last Voyage of the uh, Demeter. And that's the ship that... Um, uh, they put Dracula on in his coffin in the dirt. Didn't know it, but when he was coming over to America um, and uh, he was on that, and then he came out and stuff happened. Undisputed 2, I started watching last night. I've seen before, and that's a Yuri Baker, you fuck you. He was so mean in that. And Michael Jai White. It's a good movie. It's fun to watch. It's a good action movie. Um, and they made a couple of them. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Inside, that's a new um, Willem Dafoe movie coming out March 17th. March 17th, maybe it already came out, uh, where he is uh, like a burglar and working with these people who get him inside this really fancy apartment. But then when he gets in there, it, the whole thing goes like on complete lockdown and he can't get out or anything. And then the temperature just starts rising. That's what I saw in the trailer. So, and he's like, get me out of here. But nobody can hear it. It's soundproof and everything. I found a uh, some clips of a movie called uh, Les Tontons Flingers. Let me look that up real quick. Les Tontons, Les Tontons Swingers. Is that what it is? No. Uh, Les Tontons... There's Taylor Swift's ass that I like to come look at. Her legs are very nice. Fling gooers. <laughs> I'm trying to let's see. Fling gooers. Something like that. Okay, here it is. It's called uh, Crooks in Clover, is the um, name that I can remember it by. Uh, a dying mob boss hands over his business to an old 
friend, uh, Fern- Fernand. The boss's assistant, uh, the boss, the boss's assistants want to get rid of the latter, but are the Valfani brothers and Theo real threats? Uh, ensuing fights and shootouts are more comically comical than deadly. But the reason I saw this, it um, uh, stars Lino Ventura, who may be the greatest uh, professional wrestler or a p- professional wrestler who became the greatest actor or the best actor. Because uh, Lino Ventura, a lot of people might not know this, was a professional wrestler at one time. It looks pretty good. I think it is supposed to be like a kind of a lighthearted uh, it's a mafia kind of movie, but it's supposed to be kind of funny, I believe. But I can't find it. I was looking, so if anybody can find a um, a good copy of it for free, <laughs> uh, the guy with the monocle saluting Lino Ventura at the end of the movie. Oh well, I better not say that. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> don't want to give away any spoilers. What's going on in this Reddit? Reddit has a lot of like naked women and stuff on it. So I like to look at like this woman here is in a thong and um, she's like a fitness person. It also has like pornography. Um, There's Rihanna, Rihanna's ass. The group or the subreddit is called Rihanna's ass. Um, Let's see what else is on here. Lots of stuff like that, but a lot of, you know, movies and dogs, little Scottish Terriers and um, Akitas, motorcycles. There's Cartnarks, uh, Walmart uh, thing, um, a subreddit for Walmart. And people parked all these um, uh, parking carts right beside this guy's car because he must have been a dick dickhead. There's Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano photos. Uh, what else? There's the uh, Big Show, the wrestler. There's some uh, Doro Hidoro, which is like one of my, the 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 uh, I think the three, like Doro Hidoro is a uh, manga and anime that I really like series. Um, the Netflix, uh, the first series of that is on Netflix, and I really loved it. Um, and then Kengan Ashura, I like that, and I like uh, Grappler Backy. But I have been watching some other stuff too, uh, anime and reading some manga. There's Grappler Backy. Grappler Backy is pretty funny. It's just so absurd with the fighting and everything, and they explain everything, like all the the uh, and Helsing. I like Helsing. They explain all the. Um, biology and stuff like if somebody gets hit and they'll just stop and you'll see the 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 like uh almost like an x-ray of their bones cracking and his dad is like almost like superman nobody can beat him he's the strongest most powerful fighter in the world and they have a lot of really cool other fighters that show up and king and Ashura is kind of the same way just you have tournaments and fights but uh it's just cool the uh and funny and fun all the different characters that, you know, fight and what they come up with. Uh, let's see. Helsing is, um, there is a Helsing group uh, and it does, um, you know, uh, roots go back to like, I think Abraham Van Helsing 
and uh, you have Cop Girl. Uh, you have the Protestant. Uh, it's it's like you have the Protestants and then the Catholics, and um, um, there is a um, vampire Alucard who is the uh, Helsing Group's uh, kind of ace in the hole. But then um, the um, the Catholic uh, Church has their own like real. Like this, uh, I can't remember what his name is though now. Uh, but it's pretty cool. Uh, also, a character who can kind of fight with um, uh, Alucard and uh, uh, Police Girl is a pretty cool character. Uh, you know, you get a lot of people that bitch about, um, you know, sexualization and like Police Girl's big titties and all this and that, but I don't fucking care. I have fun with all of it. I'm not gonna, I'm just reading it for fun. I'm not gonna sit there and get a hernia fucking getting all pissed off because some comic people like to draw big tits and nice asses. I mean, and I mean, the guys are like built like all like fucking bodybuilders and washboard abs and all this stuff too. So I don't fucking care. I like tits. I like ass. Oh, let's see. I don't fucking care. I'm tired too. So that's why I'm saying all this stuff. Like just straight out. I don't fucking care. Um, Let's see, Kevin Spacey, Brian Singer, uh, The Continental. There's a series coming out on Peacock uh, that takes place in the um, John Wick universe and revolves around the Continental Hotel uh, that he always goes to. So that looks like it might be pretty good. But the only thing is, there's a lot of this stuff coming out, and I'll see trailers and stuff for it, but I'll never see it because uh, until it comes out for free because I'm not paying for pay channels on the internet and I like I said I cut back all my uh cable just have my Roku and my free streaming channels that um you know they're getting paid because they have commercials so that's fine in my YouTube I got my mom a uh, a Roku um because like I said she, you know having a broken shoulder and stuff uh, she has like an old flat screen TV that my uncle had had who passed away in her bedroom and they just had this little antenna thing and there's like a couple of close um TV stations around there so they can still pick up some uh, channels. Um, but I got her, I, I actually bought myself a, a new 4K Roku uh, in case, you know, so if mine went kaput uh, and it just sat in a box on the, um, on the coffee table because my Roku is still working pretty good. And the one thing was um, I have mine all set up and everything. So I just thought, well, you know, since she's hurt and stuff, I'll um, bring it, and then she can watch TV. She goes to bed at like 8 o'clock, but she can go in there and lay down and turn something on. And um, they didn't have cable in that room on that TV. So like Pluto, I told her, I said, you know, you got this Pluto uh, channel here, and it's got a channel guide. It's just basically like cable. I mean, you don't have local news, but you have news from every city in the fucking United States and then uh, the big cities. And then um, you have all kinds of TV shows, uh, daytime TV, you have talk, you have crime, you have movies. And then you have also, uh, you can watch them. Like if you turn it on, it's like TV. You might have Law and Order on and turn it on at 10 after and it's already playing. But if you wanted to, you could go to the In Demand and watch that episode from the beginning. And it also has in demand. She wanted to watch that new Elvis movie that was just recently in the theater because she loves Elvis. And she didn't get to go see it, so she was going to go ahead and do that. And then when I hooked it up uh, for her, 
Um, you get to a part on there. We put it under her um, her email, the account, and had her create a password. But you get to the one part, and it asks you to put it in a um, credit card. I guess that's if you do any uh, 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 purchases, like a rent uh, movie or something like that. And uh, I didn't want to do that, so I just went ahead and set it up under mine. And um, so, like, it made it easier to set up, too, because the the first screen had, like, everything that I have. Uh, Pluto, Roku Channel, Tubi, uh, Crackle, a bunch of fucking wrestling, uh, free wrestling streaming, which, you know, she's not going to watch. But, uh, you know, just about uh, all the f- the free... Uh, TV stuff, which is what she wanted, which has movies and TV. Uh, a movie called The Sympathizer, which is a Park Chan-wook movie, uh, which uh, has uh, Robert Downey Jr. in it, and that looks really good. Coming out in 2024, the trailer looks really, really good. Um, it is about a guy who is Vietnamese that comes to America. I think it takes place in like the early 70s, maybe. And he comes to America, and he's working for... I don't know if it's police to police or military or what, but um, it's looks really good. I mean, you know, Park Chan Wook. So I mean, I don't want to say anything more. Uh, just uh, watch it, and or if you want to check out the the uh, trailer, I just didn't want to give away anything. I watched The Fugitive with Harrison Ford when I was at my mommy and daddy's. Um, still a good movie. Tommy Lee Jones really good in that. Harrison Ford also. Uh, there is a, um, I think this is a series. It might be a movie. I can't remember. Um, the penguin, uh, which is, uh, Colin Farrell. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's a series. Uh, uh, Colin Farrell as the penguin. Uh, that looks pretty good. Uh, I started watching Rambo last blood with my mom and dad because all they watch is like the news or those old Western shows. And I was like, Jesus Christ, you've got all these channels. Put it on. Let's watch something else. So uh, we turn it on Rambo. And like I said, my mom goes to bed at 8, which is good. Uh, because this movie is way too gory uh, for her. Uh, the violence. She doesn't, she, you know, like violence probably wouldn't be that bad. But this just has like almost like horror movie practical effects and gore and CGI blood and stuff. And like him cutting out somebody's heart, reaching in their chest and pulling their heart out, stabbing these people, you know, and all this shit. Plus it had some human trafficking stuff in it. She went to bed after about 20 minutes or uh, maybe a half an hour of it. Uh, And dad and I watched the rest of it. And of course I grew up watching Clint Eastwood movies and Charles Bronson and uh, Walking Tall, Joan Alden Baker and all these movies, John Wayne and everything with my dad. Uh, and, um, this movie, this movie just, it really, I saw it, uh, I think I rented it and watched it and I have the same opinion of it now as I did then. I don't think it's very good. You go through an hour and a half movie and say an hour and 20 minutes in, uh, they haven't done that much at all. And then you have a grand finale of like 10 minutes of him just fucking killing like a, like a, uh. Uh, Jason from Friday the 13th meets um, Home Alone and killing all these people and cutting their heads off and all this shit. And it just was boring, and I didn't think it was worth a shit. I think they said, like, um, 
including worldwide, including all the uh, publicity that they paid into it. It was like uh, eighty million or something, and it made maybe thirty-four without count putting in the the public worldwide publicity. Um, it would have it made money, but it didn't make that much money. And when you include in all the money they put into it uh, for worldwide publicity, which was like maybe thirty-four million or something. It wasn't. It didn't do that well, and I just didn't think it was very good. He said that if he makes another one, it will be a prequel, um, like when Rambo was on the Indian reservation and stuff like that when he was young. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Brooklyn's Finest. I, I think that's a pretty good movie. Uh, sort of Richard Gere, Ethan Hawke, Don Cheadle, and Wesley Snipes. Um, it's a good cop movie. I thought that I, I really, you know, it's gritty, like an old school cop movie. You want to check that one out? Uh, let's see what else we got. Death from Above. This is a pretty bad movie starring some uh, TNA, total nonstop action, uh, or impact wrestling wrestlers. Uh, Kurt Angle is like one of the stars, and Cowboy James Storm. And it also has uh, Psycho Sid Vicious, a.k.a. Sid Udi and Tom Savini, but it's pretty bad. Um, Angle is kind of like a Terminator-like alien, and uh, I wish it would have had more Psycho Sid in it. He's, I like him. He's pretty funny, too, um, in real life. Let's see what else do we have here. I was telling people that Godzilla versus the Smog Monster was the first Godzilla movie that I ever saw when I was a little kid. At 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. after you get out of school uh, on um, WBNS-TV, Channel 10 out of Columbus, Ohio. And then after that one, I think the second one was Godzilla versus Megalon. And I think that was the one that had Jet Jaguar in it. And I kind of liked that one because I was a wrestling fan. And I think Jet Jaguar is sort of a, well, not really a luchador. I mean, that's Mexican and everything but still kind of like a Japanese wrestler kind of a character that, you know, he does like some karate stances and stuff, but then he can get real big too. Um, let's see. Oh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, the left, um, left-handed gun with Paul Newman. Um, I was, I found um, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid with Chris Christopherson and James Coburn. Uh, it is the restored version that has some scenes that were cut out of the uh, version that they put out when it was released. has a couple scenes in it that I have never seen before, right at the very beginning, and a couple inside the movie. Um, um, so I was watching Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, and I remembered when I had watched um, The Left um, Hand Gun with Paul Newman, who also played Billy the Kid back then. Uh, and the Chris Christopherson scene where he's like, uh, how does Jesus look to you now, Bob? And he's like, uh, the kid shot Bell. And the, the guy, Bob, is like, yeah, and he killed me too. And then uh, Christopherson unloads with the shotgun that's full of uh, like uh, 
20 thin dimes is what they say, but I like that movie. It's miscast. Uh, Peck and Paul did a really good job and it. it's miscast because I think Billy the Kid was only supposed to be like uh, 19, 20 years old and Pat Garrett was supposed to be like 30, whereas, um, you know, Chris Christopherson was probably like 40 and James Coburn in this movie is probably like 50 or something. But it's still a good movie. It has a, a good cast. It has some of uh, people, some songwriter people like Funky Donnie Fritt and uh, some of the people that uh, Christopherson knew from the music business thrown in there. Of course, it has Bob Dylan in it also. Slim Pickens, uh, Bob Dylan, I think, wrote the song Knocking on Heaven's Door, and they played it in the um, scene with Slim Pickens and his wife, which is a very, you know, it's a really good movie. It's It's got some really iconic and really good scenes in it. Uh, let's see. Let me check the time here. About five more minutes. So uh, I'm glad I got on here. You know, like I said, I, I um, it got warm today. I kept telling my mom I was talking to her, and I was like, uh, man, I've just felt so sleepy all day today. Didn't want to do anything, just laying around sleeping. But I think what it was was... um. It got really warm outside. It got up in like 80s, uh, mid-80s, I think. And uh, I had all the windows closed. And I think it just got really... St- and I had all the vents in the basement open. So uh, if I even had the air conditioner on but set uh, at like 70-something, all the cold air was going down in the basement. And it was just really super stuffy upstairs. So I, as soon as I got up and got out and, and took a walk with Mare... And we got to see our little friend, this um, uh, white uh, golden doodle, or white, um, I don't think it, was, it wouldn't be a golden doodle. Maybe it's just a poodle, but I think it's a doodle. But it's all white and fluffy like a, like a sheep. And it's so funny. It's really f- a funny dog, and it's really f- uh, friendly. And I love seeing that dog. Uh, it When I have Mary on the leash and we're outside the fence, it will get only get so close, and then it'll like... Uh, like uh, do the head and shoulders, like I said, faking out <laughs> with Mary. But when she she was inside the fence, and I came back from the grocery store the other day, so I was outside the fence getting out of my car, and that dog came down and came right up to me. And I was petting it, and it was just snuggling up against me and everything. And then it would go over to Mary on the, and on the other side of the fence, and they would kind of chase each other a little bit. I posted some uh, videos of it, which was kind of funny. But it would just keep coming over. I love that dog. I It's so cute. Uh, Deadbeat at Dawn, uh, Combat Shock. I did not know Combat Shock was a trauma film. Uh, it is also on YouTube, the full movie, and it's super duper low budget and super duper weird and kind of just strange. And I don't know what else to say about that. I watched uh, Bill Murray and Gina Davis and Randy Quaid, Jason Robards in Quick Change, and I had always heard that that movie sucked. I thought it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I watched The Rock with my dad. He liked that. And then he usually goes, my mom goes to bed at eight. He goes to bed at nine. And, uh, that night, um, after she went to bed, we watched The Rock. And then we watched like two NBA basketball games and we were up till like almost one o'clock in the morning, which was pretty funny. We were just talking like crazy. I watched road games with, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. Loved this movie. It is also, I think it was on uh, either Tubi or YouTube. I watched the whole thing. I still love it. I love the way it's shot. I love everything about it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, love Jamie Lee Curtis. I found a movie called Riders of the Storm uh, uh, starring Dennis Hopper and Michael J. Pollard. And it, I think it is on YouTube and I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, I put the link to it on Sylvan Gold. 
the full movie is on there. And this is kind of a forgotten movie from 1986. Uh, has to do with like some Vietnam veterans um, after the war. I haven't seen it yet, so I didn't watch it yet. But anyway, I'm running out of time, and I uh, just wanted to tell everybody hi, and uh, uh, thanks for sticking with us here, with us here at Sylvan Gold. Who knows? Maybe one of these days, Loaf will come back. <laughs> I always say us. But anyway, I'm going to get off here. I'm just almost at two hours, and I'm going to click off and say see you later, and I uh, hope you enjoyed. <laughs>